Welcome to the Explorer Poet Podcast, an exploration of the blurry line separating our physical world from our abstract realities. You talk about something called a soul's high adventure. Man is born with a certain functioning. A kind of house of meaning that we dwell in. A clandestine land found underneath your floorboards. These represent a common human inheritance. A common vocabulary of rituals and symbols. Let's let you know where you are. Such and such a hero has done so and so, and that is your what am I going to do, quit? That's not an option. you got to keep on keeping on. Life's a garden, dig it. You make it work for you. You never give up. Follow your bliss. I mean, find where it is and don't be afraid to, to follow it. Conversations and stories, myths and reality, science and the gods we worship, the esoteric and the everyday. Come explore with me. Welcome to the Explorer Poet Podcast. My guest today is a brilliant sculptor, thoughtful human being, and a great conversationalist named Carlos Page. Carlos was born in Buenos Aires, Argentina. He's traveled extensively and lived on both the East and West Coast. After an apprenticeship in San Francisco, Carlos moved to New York City and completed a special honors program at Hunter College. He then ran his own studio in New Jersey for 14 years before resettling in Arizona. Carlos creates functional and abstract sculptures made with steel, concrete, and wood. His work reflects on the balance between the raw power of nature and the sophistication of the human experience. It was fun to hear his perspective on art, life, and magic. I had a lot of fun speaking with Carlos, and I hope you enjoy it as well. Okay. Hi, Carlos. Hi, Joel. Yeah, thanks for letting me come out to your studio and, uh, and sit here with you. My pleasure. Thank you for coming over. Yeah, um... You gave me a quick tour around. I think the place is beautiful. And I think that um, when I look at this, I go, oh, because I was asking you earlier about Arizona. Yeah. And um, I live in Arizona. I have a, a lot of history with Arizona, but I have this uh, conflicted love-hate relationship with Arizona where sometimes I just want to get the heck out of here. That's and probably mid-August. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. Maybe it's a it's a seasonal thing. But when I come out here and I see what you've got here, it just makes me feel like, oh, here's here's beauty in the desert. Uh, you've you've really got an amazing place. I couldn't be happier. I uh, I uh, came to Arizona after a long journey of traveling, living in many different places, and uh, this seems to have the most uh, reason um, to to stay for yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. It's like. Um, Almost perfect, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> with the climate and then just with, with work and, and what you're trying to do. Yeah, and the, the, the landscape around, uh, the accessibility to a bunch of different um, things to do. And uh, with, uh, in different climates, you know, it's like a condensated uh, world that um, offers, again, like multiple things to do. So... Um, and that, yes, and combined with the fact that it turned out to be a, a great place for for my work. Yeah, so yeah, absolutely. Very cool. So I came across your name uh, because I was chatting with a friend of yours, Gideon, Yan Hongo. Yes. And um, I had a great conversation with him, like I was telling you before. And uh, and he said, I said, hey, who else should I chat with? And he's like, oh, you've got to go talk to Carlos. And I think it's interesting because I had a great conversation with Gideon. And his his work is 
in stone sculpture. And so he looks and at it, a, he looks at a stone and he starts carving it away until some kind of art piece appears from the stone, some kind of uh, figure. Absolutely. And when I look at your work, it's it seems similar in that you are a sculptor, you're putting you're you're putting this image together, but there's a difference in that you are grabbing from different adding adding uh different pieces most of the time together as opposed to working out of uh, one single piece that then becomes the form that sculpture is seeking. Yeah. Um Yes, that is, that's uh, that's true. I do um, a little bit of what Gideon does in uh, in stone and subtracting from larger pieces of steel that through torching or uh, welding I I take away to form a new um, form. If the uh, <laughs> redundance, uh, but um, so but in most of cases in most cases um, it's true that I. Uh, it's just a different way of uh, uh, finding ways to express what we have in, in us. You know, it's just um, uh, in you for you because I I threw out the word sculpture, but for you when you described your own art, wh- what do you how do you describe it? Well, it's if I feel very personal about it in the sense that. That to me, what I do is what allows me to be. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, kind of like I, when I found this at some point in my life, and when I started creating this piece, which is more specifically, um, well, I started creating my own work at um, Hunter College in uh, in New York. Um, by then, I had already apprenticed. So with an Argentinian artist in California, but um, and that was a uh, priceless experience. Um, but basically, when I got to New York and enrolled at Hunter and started taking like studio art classes, and and all of a sudden I was in I had the metal studio pretty much all to myself. I started working and. And um, and um, it just f- it was an incredible flow from that moment on. I I got into a zone sort of, and um, and I worked with materials that were thrown around uh, at the time in the at the studio at Hunter, and and I basically never looked back. Uh, I. St- I use that studio uh, extensively, way more than I was required uh, for the classes I was taking, the sculpture classes where I uh, needed to do certain work. I, I was there pretty much all the time. It was open and um, created a number of pieces which I uh, took out by to do street shows in, in the city uh, at Lincoln Center, behind the Museum of Natural History. And the response was immediate. People um the the work resonated and so I st- those were my first sales of work I, I was creating and how how old were you when you went to hunter i was older i uh when i was younger i traveled all over the place so at hunter i enrolled at 30 years 
At 30 years old. Uh, 30 yeah. years old, which um, was a great thing because it, it going to school or making the decision to go to school at that time in life, it was a much more focused. Um, uh, the, the effort that I put into it, I was much more uh, clear about what I was, why I was doing it. Right. And um, and the opportunity to, of having in, in Midtown Manhattan a fully equipped uh, studio to work that was included with the tuition of going to college, it was an extra that um, I didn't pass on. And then did I, I worked so much and developed, you know, I did the first shows. And by the time I graduated, it was in January, February, January of 2001, uh, I had the confidence to say, now I lost the studio at Hunter. Um, I want to rent a, a space to continue doing this and give it a chance yeah. looking forward yeah. to see if I could uh, make a living doing it. Yeah. And that was a studio I rented in uh, Hoboken, just across the river. And um, it was an old factory building. And, and this landlord there said, OK, go to over there. And it was a 6,000 square feet floor and I ended up staying there for 14 years yeah so basically I moved to Hoboken I continued to work and then then um, uh, everything followed and so to me going back to your question of uh, art it's like uh, I go into this uh, which is still the case today by the way I I go to the studio and I just love it and um and it's a mix of uh, uh, intellectual engagement with physical engagement. It just has it all for me. And and um, so every day I go to the studio, it's, um, I mean, kind of in tune with things. And that's what it means to me. So I don't see it, I just don't see my art as um, specifically the pieces what I'm creating, which I can describe in some ways. But to me, it's everything that, that happens that, um, miraculously uh, has taken me this down this road and I'm speaking more than some 20, 20 some years later of the events I was just describing so yeah it's it's work and I all my all I ask uh, looking ahead is it lasts for a little longer yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, I mean that's probably <laughs> what's 20 years pro I hope there's a couple there's a couple things that I think about because you said um you said that when you go into the studio, it's like a flow and you just love it. And yeah. Then, and then um, you've got this other thought that's like, oh, well, to me, art is just doing the work. And then I hope that it gets to keep going. It keeps resonating. Yeah. And in a way, that's my take on, on things. I, I, I've considered myself extremely lucky in that, uh, in that department. In this, and uh, yes, I, it's something I enjoy doing. Um, as I just mentioned, I went to school later, so I had been around by that time. Yeah. And I've been generally lucky in what I've done before becoming a, a sculptor. Um, but it wasn't always the same kind of um, uh, harmony between what I was doing and what I, was, I, want, I wanted to do. Yeah. And um, even when you were creating art pieces, like even when you were doing sculptures? No, that that's exactly what didn't happen anymore. Ah, 
Okay. Where, whatever I did before, and I had plenty of things that where I had fun and 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 learn a lot in different fields. Looking down the road and professionally, nothing had. I don't. I didn't think that that nothing had uh, legs. Um, you know, for yeah, I wasn't fully. Um, y- you know, you hadn't found anything that you felt like you wanted to, to keep, keep going, doing it. Yeah, for uh, for the fear, you know, yeah. for the future, and um, and that kind of uh, offered me the same. Uh, but ahead to to be me in my my truest way, you know. Where again, it's like a, something that um, what I'm doing now is like something that even as a as a someone coming from another country, which um, uh, you know, at some places people coming from different places have. If you're born there, or sometimes society offer has. Limits that puts on you, where you're if you're living in a dictatorship under a dictatorship somewhere, or yeah, or a religious, extreme religious uh, society that where yeah. there are things that you need to do, or otherwise you'll you won't have a good time. Mm-hmm. So certain limits are kind of uh, put on you. Uh, coming here pro, um, happens kind of similar to what we're talking about in my in my work. I found that a situation where I am the limit. I'm not, nobody puts any limits on me. So it's a um, wonderful place to be because I have to account to myself. Yeah. Um, I can't blame any, not that I want, but you know. I there's no boss, there's, there's no manager. Right, so it's like <laughs> a, wh- however I yeah. do things, uh, wherever I go, how, you know, everything basically um, Speaks of my capacity or the, my lack of capacity thereof, you know, like um, um, in getting things done. So I love that position uh, to yeah. be in that position, yeah. and and this work of mine um, allows me to, yeah, you know, where I can. Um, so it's a, it's very uh, that's you know when I'm talking about like a flow in the studio, there are days. And days. There are days where everything is flowing magnificently, and then there are some days where I, um, I have a hard time coming up with the ideas or, or the energy or the yeah. inspiration. But that kind of um, an allowance that we, I think, we all have to do have when talking about any. <laughs> you have anything. to allow yourself to have a bad day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you must because in a situation like this, without without some formalized job and a position and somebody telling you what to do and expectations of you from anybody outside of yourself, then it must really require that you care enough or that you have enough drive or you have enough discipline or something. That to I, I think, I, yeah. that I, I, I totally think yeah. so. Because there are people who can't live without somebody else telling them like, oh, this is what you should be doing today. But for somebody like you, who's a creative person, and, and you said that you, you have to do it to be, to be yourself, you have to do this. Then Yes. Then if you don't, it's like a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure then if you don't, because, because not only are you not going to have the work, but you're not going to feel settled inside. You're not going to feel balanced. Right. I don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, can, uh, I can tell you that I can relate, because I've done a lot of things as well in my life. 
I, uh, I, I've been all over the place and done different jobs and careers or I started a career and then I switched and then I switched. But right now what I'm doing is I'm writing full time and I'm working on my first novel. And, Good. and it's very similar where sometimes, um, I sit down and for three hours, the story just flows out of me. And then other times where I get, I'm not sure exactly where it's supposed to go or I need what it, what it is is sometimes in the book, you have to write something that's very critical for the book. And so you sit down and you're just trying and it'll be three hours and I get a page or two out and it's, it can be very frustrating. Yes. And, and those moments, tell me if it's the same for you, those moments or those days when it is hard, when it doesn't come out, you get this feeling like, oh my gosh, like I've staked my, my economic success and my life on this situation. And if I can't make it happen, then it doesn't happen. And, uh, how do you, how do you deal or do you experience that same type of, um, I would, I would say that when I get back in the, in, when I get back to it and it starts flowing again, I break through that eventually it feels fine. again. Like, uh, like I would say like, uh, like maybe in the, in the business model that like you're forming in your head, you know, about how yeah. it needs to work. You have to include the bad days as part of the economic, you know, <laughs> big picture. Yeah. It's like, yeah. You, it's like impossible. It's, you can't, we're not machines. So that's a uh, part of being an artist in a way. Oh, it's, it's like so a, frustrating. I want to be a machine. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, it was um, uh, wishful thinking. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. That, that for me, it's it's um, it's uh, well, I, I when you say big picture, it makes me think of a lot of things. But but for you, how do you how do you conceptualize your day to day work versus what you're trying to do in the long run? Uh, well, the long run only happens if I go to work every day. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 So. Um, that has been my experience. I mean, I remember, I would say my, in the first five years from 2001 and 2000 to 2006, um, I didn't make any money, for example. If you wanna, yeah, I think I developed, uh, what I, something I developed is patience and discipline, I guess, uh, over time. Yeah. Uh, which is are two qualities that you definitely need um, to, you know, to have around. And then, um, um, because I didn't make, any any money and I work super super hard, um, but it takes a time. It takes a, you know it takes a while to develop uh, uh, a market uh, just to just to know how to get your work to the people who yeah. might be interested. That's yeah. a, that's a lot of experience, and uh, along the way you know you have people that kind of may suggest you do something or that, but in the end. Uh, this is uh, a um, very personal uh, experience because um, we we have we are not we are not doctors. We can apply to a hospital, you know. Right. We, we no. We we do something that is very personal and how to find your way around to present it to the public and to make it uh, steadily enough and. Yeah, and thinking long term, I realized. I remember, like, an, I was reading an obituary um, of some uh, guy who had died and had created about. I, I think the number was like seven hundred sculptures or something like that. And I, I was just starting out, 
and it was mind-boggling how <laughs> can somebody create 700 yeah. sculptures, you know? Yeah. Well, to learn the process where I now, uh, myself, I've done hundreds of sculptures, I don't know how many exactly, but yeah. many, and my brain continued to create them. That's uh, mentally uh, an adjustment that you can only experience as the time as time goes by. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like uh, I always, um, um, listen. It's about marketing. It's about ego. Like when you're, many people can't stand if they they weren't making money for yeah. a couple of years even or <laughs> even you know they would they would stop doing it. Says, you know. Yeah, for sure. So, um, I don't know. I. Yeah, for a lot of people, it's like if they don't see the paycheck coming in, they don't connect the value of what they're doing with the potential. To me, what the saving grace was, that I always uh, en enjoy the, the the creative part and um, and continue to do. So there's nothing that's that needs to be and the desire to to create and ultimately it's just the other day. Someone asked me, well, if you weren't living in the United States, where would you live today? And I was like, you know, it's a hard question because I, I'm a, I've been around the world, I mm -hmm. travel a lot, and I plan to keep doing it. But really, I'm so, everything is working so well here that <laughs> I'm a, I have a hard time coming up with something. And you, the same you, thing with you my You probably work. don't think about it that often because no, things are good here. Exactly. And the yeah. same, same thing with my work. You know, at this point, it's, it's been such a, journey that i'm you know perhaps over time when you're looking back although there's nothing guaranteed in this life but now i'm a little bit uh, more relaxed about the whole thing in, in the sense that i feel like well if i have been doing it for over 20 years um i can trust that somewhat that it will continue. Yeah. It would have to be, uh, yeah. I would have to change things dramatically or the world would have to change yeah. dramatically. So I think it's, uh, now I, nowadays I see things a little different than what I used to. Um, so when you were younger, was there a, oh man, how do I say it? It seems like you have a story in your head that even way back, <laughs> I guess you were you were 30-ish, Right. So you weren't super young, but you had this story in your head that that you knew that at at some in some way you're going to have to live the rest of your life, and so and so somehow you were able to say for me, money money, especially in the next five years, it's like not the most important thing. The I, most important thing is figuring out a way to enjoy the rest of my life. I feel like I was a, uh, one of the things I thought about then, back then when I was starting out. It was like. Because I was, uh, go I'm go going to college kind of served me um, a lot because kind of um, it allowed me to try different fields along, among them was uh, the, the, the arts. Mm -hmm. That what I thought I, I might have certain interest in potentially dedicating more time to. And, and college through internships and, and uh, just uh, taking, uh, studying a little bit of this or that. It was a kind of a practical course where I, d I realized that a lot of things, um, most of these things I thought might work for me, then this is what we're 
yeah. saying earlier, didn't have legs. I yeah. I realized that maybe, yeah, at a personal level, I was interested in uh, politics or communications or, you know, uh, yeah, what is that? Was it movies or music? Yeah. And then having a little, I realized, oh, political science, and at so, soon I realized, but yeah, personally, I would follow all these things, but I don't want to put a suit and write papers for a think tank <laughs> if I was uh, uh, smart enough to do it anyway, right. but uh, f right. you know, uh, in political science, I didn't want to do that day yeah. to day. Yeah. Um, so a lot of things were eliminated. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah. And then uh, when I thought about being a sculptor, it was, I started thinking, well, it's very personal. It's, it puts you in the spot because it's like up to you, really. Um, yeah. Um, uh, but offers uh, a lot of freedom in in many ways. So, and and I was fortunate enough that what I was doing was resonating. So yeah. there was I was doing certain I I was creating pieces that people picked yeah. pretty quickly and. Uh, um so and then you know i faced uh, i had to rent this uh, fantastic studio which was huge but also was uh, like a, a freezer you know in the <laughs> <laughs> in the, <laughs> totally in the winter dilapidated you know yeah like all the windows it was impossible to put a heat because th there was so many like broken uh, windows and uh, you know uh, cracks in the building that but eventually it got much better but and and again the lack of money because although i was starting out i was producing much less work too because yeah. um because i was just starting out so yeah. everything took me longer even the process the process of creating work was uh, slower than it is today and yeah. uh, so and then i was doing shows and started moving back up and down the east coast doing shows and uh, everything costs money and it's very so for the mathematics were but you know once um, an old man told me like well you're like changing a dollar quarter for a dollar or something like that like i give you four you know it's and it's the same thing but at least yeah. you get you, i got the money flowing enough to pay bills yeah know? and uh so that was the economy of the first five years of my uh, experience <laughs> as an artist yeah. was like a <laughs> Not yeah. making any money. It's like a pain in the wheels, barely. Yeah, but and that's but that's the period where you're. The way I think about all that, it's similar to what I'm doing right now. I guess with with writing and with this podcast, is that's just a period of time where you're investing in yourself. That's right. So all that mo money you're losing now is improving you. There's nothing. I somebody told me also like investing yourself. Yeah, it is. But you should have to have the clarity of mind. And the perseverance, I guess, and to know that maybe a while until all the pieces fall into place for you economically, but you have to believe in what you're doing. And I think, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. just stick to it, you know, and believe it. I, I, <laughs> not to talk about, but it, it kind of like looking back, it sounds like a heroic but i was uh, during times like driving from new york to seattle to do a show where i had to make that weekend x amount of money because back home i hadn't paid the rent in like 
a few months. I did yeah. pay the guy who worked for me <laughs> in a few months. And it's like, a, I have to call everybody and say, okay, keep everything. I'm not going back. You know? <laughs> that yeah. kind of a... Yeah. a and then every, every time I face a situation like that, that weekend, for example, I made the money I needed yeah. to pay everybody and at least... Just enough to keep going. To keep going. Yeah. <laughs> yes. and, and the thing is, like, if you really think that what you're doing is, is something that if you feel like is right for you and you're doing it, um, you should have to uh, believe it's possible, you know? Yeah. And my guess so far, kind of like I, th I think, uh, again, given the, the benefit of a uh, perspective, it's work. It's work out, but um, it's a lot of work. I think it's a lot of work, and uh, and just um, again making understanding that the 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 benefits you get are immediate because the minute if you are doing it, whether making money or not, that's that what should give you uh, you or me or everybody like. Uh, a reason to celebrate. Yeah. You're, you're doing it. That's the first thing. Mm -hmm. Then, you, over time, you learn to make it easier on you. Yeah. But the, the satisfaction is, remains the same. It's just you're the saying the satisfaction comes from the pr producing of something, the creation of something, the, work, the process and being in it and that flow. And that's, yeah. that's the fun part. That's a, that's a, and that's, that's what I, I sometimes tell this guy that work with me, you know, listen, our only responsibility here in the studio is to have good time and put in our f you know concentrate full concentration yeah and and our energy into what you have in front you know it's not about time like people ask me yeah. how long does it take like i forget about time yeah. that's exactly the point i i'm looking at things and i want every what i'm working on to be looking a certain way, yeah. to be to have a certain form, and 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 I can spend an unlimited amount of time working with that single thing yeah. as long as I feel uh, <laughs> it makes sense. Do you did you have the same mentality when you were young, starting off, that it was more about the quality of the work than just you know, putting out work? Um, well, I think I, in, for this I had a great um, teacher, which was a guy I apprenticed with in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. He was an Argentinian um, sculptor, a multifaceted guy. He um, was a, a great personality, and um, I, I was I had the luck to work with him for a couple of years. And besides whatever I was doing, I was assigned to do during the, this experience. Um, I was able to witness, uh, like, his work ethics or his work. Right. How he and he was an yeah. incredible artist, and it was it was at the same. It was also extremely uh, disciplined, mm -hmm. and he had the best time. It was a lot of fun to be around. Uh, he was, um, and uh, but you know we had a schedule. We went to work at. I don't know, eight, nine, I, rem I remember, like, you know, we, had, we mm -hmm. work until noon, then we stop for lunch, then we work until time, and then we close and left. And, and so it was a great combination for me to see the fact that we're, like, 
working um, seriously and giving, offer, kind of doing this of uh, putting everything to into it and and uh, and having fun. So that gave me yeah kind of a kind of uh, exercise in discipline, which I later later apply right. on my own. Yeah, it's an interesting thing because um, there's a lot of creative people out there. But to be both creative and disciplined is a it seems like it's a unique characteristic in the world. And the people who have those two things, or maybe maybe even creative is not the right word because there are things people are doing that that aren't necessarily art, but just to that be true, yeah. just to be passionate about something and disciplined enough to do it every day. Yeah. As if it's a job, you treat it like it's a job and then it becomes a career. Yeah, it's a, right. It's like a it's it's an interesting equation because when we're kids, when we're children and we're playing and we're saying I want to be this and I want to be that when I grow up. It's just a game and and as kids, we really love to play games. Different games. All kind of games in the same any, day. Any <laughs> kind of game. Yeah, and it's it's okay to just go and try a game and if it's not fun, you don't have to play it again. But when we're kids, we all look at the future and we go, oh, I want to be a soccer player. I want to be a basketball player. I want to do this. I want to do that. And then when we grow up, for some reason, we stop thinking about all the things we can do as games. And we start thinking about them as like jobs or way to make money or careers. And if you do it that way, you can go make money and you can have a job and a career. But you're not going to have that thrill. You're not going to have that fun. You're not going to be playing the game that you want to play. <laughs> Yeah, and at the same time, you are like a, you, you have to take, I guess, I think that sometimes of uh, like, kind of, international artists that go on tour, and I know, like a musician. Yeah, and like say the Rolling Stones. Yeah, you know, they are like in their seventies or eighties. You know, the, the drummer passed away recently, Charlie yeah. Watts, okay, and. Uh, yeah. 80, 81, something like that. And the guys are still touring. And they have no need whatsoever. Um, and I don't think, you know, but there is a desire to... That's the thing with, um, I guess, with artists, which is beautiful. It's, like, it's not like... It is a show in the sense that you have to get up. These guys get on tour. They yeah. fly, you know, they go. They're requested everywhere and... Uh, um, anybody, I, Gideon and I are part of a show here in Scotland. It's like two and a half months uh, long. With setup, breakdown, it takes over three months, and then and then I'm still working with, on commissions from that show. So and it's like seven days a week. I guess the lesson here is like at some point, everybody realizes that. We have to do something. something <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's it. Yeah. It's like we can't go. As long as you're alive, you got to uh, be doing something. Yeah. So yeah. that's why, um, ideally, you do something that you enjoy. And yeah. But working um, is necessary. I think uh, I uh, the 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 idea of working is unrelated. Uh, let me. I don't know how how to say this. To me, I go to work every day, but I don't. And if I have, I do extra all the time. Like I go and do installation for people. Mm -hmm. When I sell locally, 
administration. Um, I deliver, I go, I go to, you know, I'm out there pursuing opening doors to continue doing what I'm doing. That involves work, besides this to right, the work, yeah. or in addition. Yeah. And I think you have to have an open attitude, uh, no, a good attitude, <laughs> and embrace if you're yeah. lucky, because, you know, I could be working in a mine, you know, which would be yeah. horrible for me. Um, yeah. Like, and all respect to miners and that go out there, and maybe I probably, probably some of them enjoy it uh, too. But, you know, I, I could be doing things I, and that's a lot. Yeah. Uh, sometimes people find themselves, or I find myself when I was younger, uh, sometimes in yeah. doing things I didn't want to do. So yeah, and it, it, oh, go ahead. If I'm uh, doing something I, I'm actually enjoying doing, and it requires that I need to, you know, this idea of uh, the artist in the studio just working, this kind of romantic view of just parties and sipping wine and, uh, you know, and... Uh, <laughs> but you've also got to drive around a truck with deliveries. Yeah, and <laughs> you got a flat tire. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and yeah, the way I think the, about the, it, it is... It breaks down, you know, well, all sort of things. Earlier you were saying that we're not machines. <laughs> and I was saying, oh, sometimes I wish I was a machine. Yeah. And part of it is you have this, uh, this thing inside of you and you've got to get it out some way through your creative process. And then sometimes it can feel like everything else in life is just stuff you have to do. Right. <laughs> we, put, we, we already said ourselves uh, like on the other side of things, on yes. the other side of that. Like yeah. That's, that's a non-desirable part of life. Yes. But y like you're saying, you just have to accept it. You have to say, okay, if I want to enjoy this part of life, yeah. then I, I got to get good at this part of life. I have to change the flat yeah. tire and exactly. with a smile in my face because yeah. I, I don't <laughs> want to get beaten. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if you're not, you know, if you can't do the day-to-day -day things on the side, then... Uh, I'm sure that when you're in the studio and you're trying to work and you've, you've got these other things, if you haven't taken care of them, they just kind of weigh on you and they probably affect your work. Yeah, no, it's, um, it's uh, definitely, one of, that's part of the challenge we've been talking about for a while. It's like, it requires, like these days to put it off as, a, as an artist, it requires like, including the bad days, the lazy days, wh whatever kind of days that may not be uh, 100%. Mm -hmm. uh, requires total, it requires everything of you. <laughs> yeah. You wake up thinking about it and you go yeah, to bed thinking yeah, about it. Like yeah, you better just accept that and, and yeah. you know, and then it's, it's like you move on because yeah. uh, if it is, otherwise it's, it's a, it's, the struggle could be too much. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's really fortunate that you found that thing that you enjoy doing that you want to do. And then the other fortunate thing is that you said early on, even when you were at Hunters, um, your work started to resonate with people. You showed it to them and they were like, oh, they, they saw something there. And I do think that going back to this idea of stories, humans think in stories. And we learn to live out stories when we're children. And then as we get older, we forget that that's what we're doing. And we're just, we're just following these stories or playing these games, right? And so if you look out in the world, you know, there, there are other people just down the street who are in office buildings or in, in some kind of a warehouse job or they're, they're doing something completely different. Sometimes we tell ourselves the story that all these things people are doing, they're jobs and that they've, they just exist and you can go get one. And that's true. But another way to look at it is that somebody started the company 
And so at some point, everything that's out there started off as somebody saying, hey, what if we did this? It started off as a story and a potential game to play. And what happened is that person worked hard enough at it or long enough at it, or they told enough people about their story that other people started to agree with them. Yeah, They started to say, oh, that is a game worth playing. And what people don't realize is if you don't, if you don't carve out your own path in life, if you don't get other people to believe your story, then you literally have to spend your whole life playing other people's games. Well said. <laughs> That's totally right. Yeah. Yeah. And absolutely. That's why I think the key for me in my own day to day experience is like, I like to um, work on a, a, in my own, set my own rhythm, my own rhythm for everything. Because you just describe something uh, correctly. And it's funny because originally you, you were, I was listening to you saying about a lot of people that, you know, had a vision, create a company, and it was like a, everything that matters. And then you have people working in someone else's vis- mission with no ulterior purpose, right. it seems. And uh, yeah, it's like, uh, you know, this is not, I think life is, there are timid people, but unfortunately, but I would say it's not for timid, you know, if you want to make, like, and we know everybody has the same uh, initiative, same ambition, we it's all. Not everybody has the same background or the same mindset or yeah, the yeah, genetics, anything. Creatures of uh, circumstance. Exactly, yeah. And I'm fully aware of that. So it's not a criticism to anybody with or without ambition, you know, yeah. uh, because it's all a matter of uh, degrees, I believe. like Levels of awareness. Yeah. Um, it's like we all do everything. So, uh, and then, so I'm very careful about judging anybody. <laughs> yes, um, yeah. So, no, but... Um, yeah, so it's like it's like. Uh, well, you don't have to you don't have to look at other people and judge them, but just to say, hey, I'm gonna choose a different path. Like I, because you can look around, like what you were saying earlier is you just gotta when you have something that you want to create, you have to turn it into your job. And so you yes. you start at eight or nine in the morning and you stop for lunch, and then after lunch you get back at it and you keep going, and whether it's a business, whether whether even if you want to go do something that uh, is, there is a set path, right? If you want to go be a doctor, you want to go be, you want to go help people with their bodies and their minds. Even that, if it's something you're going to commit to, you you have to put in the work every day to yeah. to achieve any kind of meaning out yeah, of it. Yeah, I think that part of the struggle is for, because we somehow, we have a hard time uh, with work. Mm-hmm. Like most people, like I come to a country, Argentina, was growing up. I mean, I say this half uh, jokingly because, but you know, working was the worst thing you could do with your life. It's like I, <laughs> you'd rather sit on the beach or something, right? There are yeah. always better things to do than than go to work, you know. Yeah. And uh, and that's just look at the way Argentina is doing these days. <laughs> 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 See the, the consequences of that uh, thinking. Yeah, but um. But yeah, even here in the States, it's like uh, I remember growing up when I started 
it, some people have pick up on this like right away, but for most people, we have to find what we were, you know, electrical we have to do. We yeah. have to find what we want to do, and then, and and then uh, we have this idea of uh, fulfillment too. Which even if even if you find what you like to do, again, you have to allow for bad day for this when you're you're not gonna feel it and understand that that and accept it but that requires like some again patience and understanding and i think um i see with a bunch of people around me with, with kids starting, you know, teenagers and early like early 20s and a lot of kids you know a lot of people have trouble with the idea of working it's like a, something they don't want to do yeah. and uh and i think uh that as soon as, as early as you can, as you realize, or you're told, or you're like shown, or uh, that you're gonna have to do something for a living, then then you can, I see it the, the opposite in, in people that are very young, decided that they wanted to work, and, and how much yeah, less trauma there is. Mm. That they work because they understand that that's something that they're gonna do. So if you're gonna do it, the next step is, okay, well, I wanna yeah. do it with a good face i yeah. want to do it because uh, you don't want to again you don't want to wake up late in life and realize you've missed work yeah. <laughs> because your life could have been so much different like yeah. or or that the fact that that um that it it's good for you you know it's good yeah. to have something that uh, yeah and it doesn't have to be done in certain any way or one way or another but Personally, again, a lot of people have to put money in the on the table for whatever, and they need to do whatever they need to do. But ultimately, I think um, whatever the, you know, the understanding of the fact that we all need to work, and most of us, anyways, um, is it, better understood early in life, if possible. Right. Yeah. Um, because that, then it will it will be much easier. Uh, life i think that work is um it can be not that it's undervalued by young people but sometimes they can miss the fact that it's taken place so for example if a young person was to come to a show they didn't come out here to your studio but they just went to a show that you were at and they were looking at your pieces they might not understand the hours that went into each one of them or if they're if there are young people who are watching their favorite athlete, they're watching a musician, they're watching a movie, these are they're looking at these people and going, oh, I might want to do that when I'm older. But sometimes they don't understand that that, that was work. The work, the work involved too, the training, the, the practice. Right. And so sometimes people will look at a successful person and just think, oh, they're just a successful person. Yeah. They've always been successful. They're the type of person who these things happen for, and they don't understand the hours of work that's gone in to get them to that place. Yeah, I guess it's similar, but like sometimes, uh, like there's a need to be recognized before you actually have something to be recognized for. Yeah, that's uh, these days everybody wants to be uh, like you know <laughs> famous and and rich. Yeah, and chef because it seems yeah. like a, yeah. And uh, it's I don't know how it, this come to happen, but 
social media. Social media. <laughs> okay, I want to I want to change course here a little bit cuz I do want to talk to you about your art a little more specifically. Mm-hmm. I came across this quote in one of the articles I was reading and it said Carlos's Oh, this might even be on your website. Carlos's work reflects on the balance between the raw power of nature and the sophistication of the human experience. Uh, help me walk me through that what is the, what is the raw power of nature what is the sophistication of human experience and when you're in your studio and you're putting pieces together like what is is there is there something you're trying to get across or is there something going through you what's that what's that experience like energy yeah we're transformers we transform energy in our in our daily experience you know the the consciousness of uh, human life just being conscious that we're alive is a is the most incredible thing I I can ever think of. Yeah, you know, it's like just being conscious of life. Um, and then we're thrown into this uh, environment as a as in, as individuals, part of a race that um, we're unique in in. Comparing to animals, because we transcend our landscape, we go to fly, mm-hmm. we travel above over water, we travel underwater, uh, we can communicate with someone halfway th- on the other side of the world by video instantly. Uh, we do things that no other animal has even come close. Yeah, I mean, even before all that technology came along, the difference between what we're doing and what animals are doing is incredible. We have satellites, yeah, you know, flying around the, the globe. It's like it's we're just amazing, and we live in this uh, actual landscape, which is the Earth, and super powerful because by itself, like if you, it's just a, it's just a wonderful thing. Like you know, we can just. Uh, Recognizing the existence of Earth is super powerful, and in apparently the center of Earth is full of fire, or I, I don't know exactly the the, the, the <laughs> but you know yeah, we have all these this, uh, volcanoes and oceans and uh, tsunamis and uh, lightning and so to me that's that very humbling. It's like and and again wonderful, and we both exist here and we modify it like no other animal also yep. yeah <laughs> and you m- i will agree to the fact that we're making a mess of it yes but we can stop ourselves is a nature of humankind it's it's been yeah hopefully we learn some something really fast and can at least <laughs> offer uh, yeah. uh, a planet for the future generations. You know, that would be a nice thing to do. But it, so in my travels, and I, again, I traveled a lot early on in my life, and then even with my work, traveling across the United States many times, um, I traveled through uh, these amazing landscapes. And well, that's a, the raw power of nature, you know, is this this recognition of, of these mountains and 
lakes and rivers and canyons, for, you know, the formations in, in the, over time. Um, um, and then the what we've done, like I lived in Buenos Aires, a city of like over 20 million inhabitants. I lived in, in Manhattan. Yeah. Uh, I live in, and I've been to other big cities around the world, and and the engineering of it, the again the the creation, the engineering, the architecture, science uh, involving uh, the physics in building high rises and and the, all the infrastructure and bridges, and all the stuff that we humans do, we are pretty sophisticated. Yeah. Very sophisticated. Very sophisticated. Yeah. It's, it's like a, it's like an incredible capacity, mental. Of all, sometimes, I, I spend a lot of time thinking about the same thing, and one of the things that blows my mind is not just that humans arrived on the planet. It's like at some point we were here, but then this fact that we're still here. Right. I mean, we've achieved so much, but I think one of our biggest achievements is just that the fact that we're all still alive. Because of what you're talking about, the world is really hard to live in, especially before all the technology comes along. Food is, is you got to eat. You got to eat over and over and over. And somehow some chain of humans did it. They ate enough to survive and produce offspring and survive and, and produce offspring. And then here we are. Agriculture. Yeah. Came about. Agriculture comes along and then, yeah, it just becomes a completely different thing. Yeah. So I'm amazed. I'm amazed. Uh, uh, by the human experience, I I think with all or messing up of things, I'm still like I love to I, I love it. You know, I love the to watch the world around me with yeah. again with all the good and the bad and 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 the the power to transform things and hopefully learn along the way some things. I, you know, but um so that were that was you were saying that you yourself think about you know what we're doing and and so when i go to my work in my work is that the way for example steel is very relevant for me because i associate it with both fields like the natural and the man-made we have built our civilization since the industrial revolution still and before too but particularly since still it's been a main uh, character in a, in our history. Yeah. Um, and it's a wonderful material to work with, and to me it brings the mountains where you take the ore, you know, and the iron uh, to to our cities, to our ships, to our planes, to our cars, and into my work. Um, and the other two materials that I work with are not far because are concrete and wood. So I I pretty much stay within those three materials um, from the from the beginning until all the way these days. And uh, and in particular, I work with all steel, where I use the natural pitting that processes the material exposed to the elements for a long period of time, especially back in the northeast. Um, like ca how it corrodes, erodes um, the the steel, and shows the history. I work a lot with reclaimed wood, 
um, which has the character or the old nails, the, the original chiseling that others have done when they were cutting the wood for to use in different floors or whatever it was. And so it's a fancy way of uh, that statement that you, that, that you read. Yeah. It's a kind of fancy way of like a, is how I kind of entertain myself while, while working and I think about about that because it's inevitable. You know, I lift my eyes here and I have Black Mountain over there. Uh, that is a reminder of all the other mountains that, that are around here. And um, and and then uh, everything comes together again. It's like it's like the those are the things I mostly consume my 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 mind in in kind of making sense somehow of it all. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that makes a lot of sense. I I I like the imagery of this of steel being this thing that in an in an interesting way, you know, you have to manufacture it, but at the same time we pull the raw materials from the earth. Yeah. This this rock that we're sitting on that we're <laughs> floating around in space on. <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful. And then when you Oh man. Okay, so when you work on a piece and um you get it in your head what it should look like what what is that i mean how how does that affect you i know i know that it's like really tiring to be out there and you're using your body you're using your hands you're using tools and it might be hot it might be cold so physically i can understand the the toll that it might take on your body but what what does it do to you emotionally well, it's uh, again uh, everything. It's like uh, energetically, I can put it all uh, there as well, and and indeed, I'm doing doing it. I, it's not all, when I say I get into a zone that can be like a blank uh, in my in my head. Or I might be thinking about anything. Could be the, I I need to do my taxes or something. Yeah, <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. Could be anything. So uh, all of that happens while i'm i'm working and and the the energy maybe personal stuff maybe relationships maybe whatever whatever it's it's happening in my life i'm i may be thinking during the work day and um you carry all that with you into the studio or do you leave that behind no 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 i i can't like wh whatever is occupying my my mind uh, is is there and i i pay attention uh, <clears throat> and um, um, everything gets into the piece, mm -hmm. and um, and that's what should be because basically when I when I think of my work at, at people's uh, homes, my work is abstract, so there's no uh, re a figure that it can be identified with right. with I know a horse or sun or yeah. or flower, whatever it might be. In this case, it's just, it's just a, it's just a. So I, I like to think of my work because of all the energy that goes into the making of it. And if you would walk around my studio, see the scarcity of tools. I purposely keep my studio in the very basics. I'm not a tool guy, mm -hmm. so I use uh, three or four things, but I use them a lot. And uh, so, 
all the energy that goes when it, when say a world piece of mine is hanging on I it's all energy that what people I think perceive and and appreciate um, is energy coming through the uh, reflection of life the of a uh, light um, because steel is very uh, reflective of light and there might be there is energy uh, coming from the the richness of the materials themselves especially older stuff like reclaim reclaim wood I don't know where it is but um, because it has been in a barn or it's been in an old home and because of the, the it has same thing with pitted old steel, like clean and show the, the, the what's been happening. Uh, that's energy. And then my own energy in making it all together, the welder, that material getting, you know, red hot and cool again, turning colors, you know. Um, so I'm consciously kind of transmitting or letting the energy go from me to that piece. Yeah. And uh, I think it's the same when, in, like, if you're writing, it's the same thing. You're putting everything that is in your head. You, it's like, yeah. it, has to, it has it's to happen. Yeah. It has to go because that's what gives the work uh, its own yeah. life because I made it and then people hang it and they don't, I'm not there hanging in their living room or in the bedroom or whatever <laughs> it is, you know. It's, it's, yeah. the, it's the work and the work has to uh, it's a fun imagery, but it's the work hanging, not you. Yeah. Right, and the work, they want to live with the work day after day for, for many years to come. When you are done with a piece and you look at it, do you have a certain sense of what it means? Or is it just what it means to you or what it's meant to you as you've gone through it? Or do you expect other people to be able to pull a similar meaning from it? Well, there, is, um, there are certain qualities that, that try um like generally speaking or you know often that uh, I can tell where the work I want to lean, lean it towards like a say again terms talking about temperature mostly like the uh, where there's a like a warmer warmer work or cooler um, that I can achieve by using different patinas or different colors and or work that is kind of um, in terms of composition, like with dark, you know, like like bare or a little more like more. That's uh, a my work in some ways. Um, generally speaking, is that kind of people perceive it as being like masculine which makes a lot of sense although it doesn't i don't know but uh kind of like people see and part is because uh, again the, the the physicality of it yeah the work has uh, uh i imagine they're heavy pieces uh, it's they're heavy yeah it, it requires a lot of you know it's, it's uh and then um the In my mind, I strip the pieces as much as possible. Of I just want them like kind of irradiate certain energy. I it's, it's very hard to describe. I I 
I look for again I think it's mostly in the the the, the warm of it where it's warmer or or I want to kind of like have the world be more like a kind of ice mm -hmm. cold you know and so I, I I work mostly with the the patinas and the, the types of granins that I do to uh, Yeah, I don't know if I'm uh, making much sense, but uh, <laughs> eh. I imagine it can be hard to describe um, what to put to put in words. What I don't know. What I'm thankful yeah. for the fact that people perceive yeah. things that they value in my work, and uh, and and so I've been successful thanks to that. Um, is is not. Uh, it's hard to describe too because um, I think it's energy. Energetically, it's it, they're charged, and uh, the energy is is good. That's what I like to think. Yeah. That's what I put into it, you know. And uh, that's what I I think that people perceive. It's like a it's like a clean, energetically. It's it's uh, when you look at the pieces. It's hopeful, I think. Yeah. My, you know, the work is uh, is like saying it's like the message ultimately is uh, of uh, it's a good one. Yeah, it's like empowering for use uh, like a, a word in vogue. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Um, so this energy you're talking about when you look at the different as like the different components of the piece that you're doing, is there an energy that comes from each of these components? When you see it, do you do you feel that energy? And does the energy, the energy is also coming from within you? Yeah, both. Because uh, I often start working with the wood, for example, and I don't know, the I may end up with a very different uh, uh, surface mm -hmm. uh, than than what I expected at the beginning. So the, this is an element of, of surprise always, which is part of the part of the fun. And uh, sometimes the material turns out to be softer or harder or uh you know or the colors uh, all of a sudden there's a strike of uh, something that you didn't see on the surface yeah um so i i'm very sensitive to that and um and um, and i i work with that i work with that and i adapt uh, as it goes sometimes again like pieces end up being much uh, better or different uh than, than what i intended yeah i would say writing is a similar process because it's really funny to have a story in your head you have like the the overarching narrative of the story and you understand what that is and where you want to go with it but then to sit down and put words into a chapter is a completely different experience because you almost have to realize that every chapter is going to be a surprise for you in some way and when you sit down and you start writing you're you're like yeah. how do I get from here to here, how do I get there? And in order for that to happen, you have to just wait and see what comes out. Sometimes, yeah, that's a that's a magical mystery. Yeah, you know? magical mystery of uh, the creative uh, work. It's like uh, it surprises you too. It's it's always surprising because it can't it, you don't know. It's like I often thought, what about if I got nothing? I don't get any more ideas. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I don't know. Somehow it seems like a, there's a continu continuity in the process. Um, but 
So you, I, you just mentioned magic, and I know that in, in the past you've also described it, the process or the, the creation of, of your work as, as a magic. Yes. As being magical. H- help me understand what magic is to you. Well, magic is something that I can... Uh, in my, my, my view of it is like magic is when I cannot uh, account for, you know, scientifically or... In yeah. like uh, in in with uh, with I mean, mathematically what I'm what I'm understanding. Yeah. You know, but um, it's the way I see life is magical yeah. because I I don't claim to have any answers uh, for it about you know so. Therefore, I, if what I cannot understand. Uh, yeah, I really. I, I really I, yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, basically, what I something that. that I can co- I can get my mind around. I cannot come with the f- answers like you know two plus two, yeah. You know four. If I don't if I don't know, is uh, and there is no based on my analysis of uh, human history. You know, there's been many tries about answering a bunch of things, but we're still debating. What <laughs> <could> be, <laughs> there are a lot of s- there's still. Even with science and technology and all the progress we've made, there's still some really big questions. Exactly that, and that, that and have not been answered, and we yeah. haven't really gotten much closer. So I have, a, I have a trained myself to uh, a kind of like a. I guess it's also, but after after a lot of uh, thinking about a lot of things, uh, I'm I have peace living with uncertainty. So I decided I don't have to have the answers. I can I can live. Happily, uh, uh, simply, you know, enjoying the day today and being thankful for, for all the good that, yeah. that is around my life and how uh, I turn out. Even if early on, you know, maybe I wasn't so smooth or whatever. But um, so um, everything else, I call magic. Magic is. Being alive is magic. Yeah, and I th- I think about I I think what you said is that magic is is, I mean essentially what you said is anywhere you can't explain it that feels like magic to you. And um, there's this. Magic's an interesting thing, because well, like, like <laughs> the, in the creative process, how the ideas come about. Yeah, if they if they come, where they come from, how it happened. But go ahead. Uh, no, I it, exactly cuz because um it's got to come from somewhere, but if you can't put your finger on it exactly then you're just receiving it from somewhere from something or somewhere. Yeah. I think about magic a lot because we, earlier we were talking about you were saying uh just you were talking about the sophistication of the human experience and just how uh we have all these amazing things. But you also mentioned, because I, I, I went farther back and you said agriculture came along. Right. And I think a lot about that point in human history when agriculture took over. And it was a massive shift from one way of being to another. And in the past, before before agriculture, particularly in our, I mean, human history is not that long. As far as recorded history, it's really not that long. 10,000 years, maybe. And... um. But before that, particularly in like a European, North American, 
world and even South America because of the influence from Europe, the whole, the whole of the continent used to be this place where magic took place, where there was a lot of magic. But then big ideas took over. Big ideas like religions and big ideas like city-states and nations and big ideas like capitalism and colonialism and yeah. all these things that kind of stamped out magic. And magic used to be a thing where people went looking for it. There were people in society who provided magic for other people. And if you go far enough back, go, go way back before agriculture, we all lived in these little tribes all over the world. Right. The whole world was covered in tribes, little tribes. And in every one of those little tribes, there were certain people who had certain skills. The, the majority of skills were hunting and gathering or maybe, maybe you know, raising children. But there was another group of people who was very important, and they were the ones who had the magic. And these were storytellers. These were shamans. These were people who could could take what the others were experiencing and help them get through it as a group or as an individual. They could help them overcome difficulties in the maturation process. They could help them overcome difficulties through loss or, or whatever. And those people were practicing magic. And as, these, as the world progressed and these tribes were either, they were Divine. wiped out or they were assimilated into larger and larger groups, those types of magic were eventually kind of pushed out. And a lot of times I think that people think about modern day, say, religion, and they think, okay, the priest is, is what's replaced the shaman. But I think, I think that there's not a lot of magic there. And I think what's actually happened is that the shaman, the person who used to bring magic to the tribe, has, had to found, a, has found a different but similar occupation. Because even in the past, what magic was, was creativity. Was people being able to help yeah. you figure something out through a creative process. And in a way, I, think, I see the magicians, the magic people of our day as the artists, as the creators, the people who are changing the story. They're the storytellers. And just by... <laughs> if you think about... If you think about uh, these people in the past, shamans or whoever were part of this tribe, they may be the the person who's not who's not like local with the tribe. They don't they're not right there. They might be off a little bit in the woods. They're kind of out on their own doing their own thing. And in a real way, that's what that's what a lot of the artists of our modern day are doing. They're off on the side in the periphery, viewing the world for what it is, and then deciding how to approach it. Bringing new takes on how to do things. Yeah. Being creative and sharing that creativity with other people in a way that, that helps them. Hopefully. 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 Yes. Well, there, there, are, there are probably good shamans and bad shamans. <laughs> but, but in a real way, like, m there's a lot of magic on this property, for yeah. example. Like, I pulled up and I said, oh, this is a magical place. Oh, thank you. Yeah, because yeah. because there's something happening here that's on the outside of the mainstream, but is fueling a lot of what's happening in the mainstream. If that makes sense to you. Yeah, well, I, I like that. This kind of idea of uh, of like providing some some 
space, some some environment to to inspire, I guess, uh, inspire, and that's true. It's like same thing I have when I listen to some music, and yeah, which are creative. Yeah, I would say that musicians are are a big part of our modern storytelling magic. And uh, and how they, you were talking about how they help in go through moments, emotional uh, times uh, or experiences that uh, you find the kind of like a, you find your story in a a song. Right. Somebody That's why songs connect with us, right? It's either the, the rhythm or the melody or something, like just it's catchy, or when you hear the song, you go, oh, I understand what they're saying. I'm going through that. Yes, yeah. You know, and that's very yeah. powerful, yeah. So, no, I, I, I like your uh, your presentation of artists today. As, uh, you know, uh, we bring exactly out-of-box kind of... Uh, uh, imagery or words or uh, we present uh, a little escape it seems everybody is a very you know things are going so fast and so rigid and every, every the world is going in one direction sometimes it's good to kind of uh, stop and smell the roses like they say and i yeah. think we may be providing some of the kind of that feeling yeah yeah i think so and if somebody can look at your work and say i see the influence of both man and nature here that's i mean because i can see it and i think that if it just when i see your work i imagine that there's not a lot of when people stand in front of it there's not a lot of epiphanies hitting them but there's a there's a sensation going through their body and i think that that's just as influential as somebody sitting there thinking you know maybe we should be doing better as far as the planet is concerned (laughs) Um, I hope so. I hope. <laughs> yeah, it's true. No, no, like, like uh, I give myself any credit about, like, uh, yeah, but I think uh, we all contribute. I think that the best uh, gift we can offer the world is, is really understanding that we're circumstantial and most important, more important than the circumstances is a connection, the kind of like a, the love, the the friendship, the the you know things that kind of uh, unite us, and we're lucky during our short stint here on Earth uh, to appreciate, right? You know, and I think that regardless of what one is doing, and if you can simply kind of go around with a with a smile and a good attitude, that's already helping the world big time. Yeah. Like, meaning well to be, you know, meaning be well, you know, just meaning well and, and, and someone said, you know, do, do your part. You just do what you can and then the rest, you leave it to the world. Yeah. Well, I think, um, I think that's probably a good place to, to stop but i want to thank you for taking the time i think it's i mean i think i learned a lot sitting down with you and just thinking about uh just hearing you talk out loud about your story and the things that you learned or the things that you recognized 
that allowed you to just keep going forward. And I think that the world is fortunate that you have a gift, that you found that gift and you found a way to move forward with it. And we're really fortunate that it resonates. And um, I can see... I can Super s- thankful for it. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think that what you've done as an artist is great, but just sitting here also listening to the way that you think about the world, approach the world, think about other people, it's a it's a beautiful sentiment. And I think you're absolutely right. Like if we just focus on the thing that we can contribute and let the world to itself, that's all that we can ask for. So I, I appreciate you sharing this all with me. Thank you, Charles. Thank you very much for the opportunity to talk with you. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for listening to the Explorer Poet Podcast. I hope you find this and every other episode both interesting and engaging. I know I enjoy making them. My goal is to record high-quality conversations, both in terms of content and production value. But there's still a lot I need to learn. So if you have comments or suggestions about the audio recordings or the conversations themselves, please let me know. You can contact me via email at explorerpoet at gmail.com. For more about the Explorer Poet podcast, please visit explorerpoet.com or follow on Instagram at explorerpoet or on Twitter at explorerpoetpod. Please follow and rate the podcast on your favorite app. And if you really want to be supportive, please share it with a friend. Thanks.